AgriTalk is brought to you by Full Scale from Helena. Grow Strong returns this season with breakthrough foliar nutrition from Full Scale at Reproduction. And by Propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. Hey, look at that. The wheat market got its groove back and led a solid rally in the grain markets. The market's built enough upside momentum to get bean oil and meal to both close on the plus side of unchanged. Live cattle were higher, feeders lower, and lean hog futures were mixed. Live from the home of the balloon-shootingest Air Force in the known universe via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk. This afternoon, we'll talk with Bill Biederman from agmarket.net. I'm handsome newsman Davis Michelson. Now welcome the host of AgriTalk, Chip Lorre. Yeah, this just in, huh? Beep, boop, boop, beep, boop, beep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the U.S. Air Force has evidently shot down a second balloon. I won't say what the origin of the balloon is because they don't know for sure. But uh, they didn't let this one make a whole lot of headway into U.S. airspace. It is evidently shot down into the coastal waters of Alaska. Excellent. So, you know, here's the thing. Uh, one of the skills I feel like people, <laughs> the youth of today, yeah. just aren't, aren't picking up is knots. You know, if you're going to be an amateur balloonist, You should work on your knots. On your knots? It's all about the rope, the tethers, you know, these sorts of things. Because they seem to keep getting away from somebody. From somebody. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. So if these, especially when you are dealing with the size of balloons that that, uh, have gotten away. Mm -hmm. You know, there's the big one that came down off the coast of South Carolina. Uh, that one evidently was carrying a payload the size of three buses. Uh-huh. There's a similar-sized one that was floating around over Latin America. And this one, based on the very earliest reports, mm-hmm. uh, looks like it was like the size of a car. The payload was the size of a car. So okay. um, I don't, that's all I got. That's Do we all know I got if it I, was like a Lincoln Continental or more like a Prius type of uh, car? I, do we know? I, I, I don't know. I okay. do maybe, not know. Maybe a car made in Europe. It, well, that could it, be. Yes. Yeah. Maybe one of those two-wheeled cars. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. something like that. So, uh, I mean, um, here we are. It, 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 it seems as if global tensions with the U.S., and I'm going to make an assumption that based on the way the trade winds fl- blow, the jet stream moves, uh-huh. that this one may have come from th- Asia, someplace <laughs> okay. in Asia. Okay. Uh, but know, here we is, are. This uh, is the a global tensions seem to be ramping up. Yeah, this is a problem for me. Um, when I go out and do gigs and play songs, yeah. I have a song I wrote for my daughter years ago. She was tiny, tiny. Wow. Uh, about That's a balloon. Nice. She loved okay. the balloon. But I yeah. always thought, eh, this is a little dumb. I don't know if I should do this at gigs or not. Sometimes yeah. I pull it out. You know, whatever. It's coming it's back now, isn't it? Yeah, people get enough, yeah. get enough, uh, the old fire water in them. They love it. Yeah. But it, I might not be able to play it now because it's too controversial. It, oh, my goodness. I mean, controversy I, is, doesn't fill the tip jar, bro. 
I know it. I know it. Uh, that's a problem. That is a problem that I had not considered. The Could impact be. on the financial well-being of one artist known as Davis Michelson. That's right. Yes. Terrible. It's getting Terrible. real now. It certainly is. Welcome to AgriTalk. I'm Chip. That is Davis. Looking Hello. forward to the conversation with Bill Biederman coming up here in just a little bit. Right now, let's go ahead and get to the news. What do you got, Davis? Well, Chip, winter wheat futures led the rally in the grain markets with March hard red winter wheat futures closing at the highest level since November 25. HRW futures have developed a pattern of higher lows and higher highs since posting a winter low on January 10. It took soft red futures until January 23rd to post the winter low, and the market is early in the process of building a similar uptrend, although the soft red market is expected to find tough resistance at 8 bucks. Increasing uncertainty about the supply of wheat from Russia and Ukraine helped support wheat prices this week, as did the mostly dry forecast for the U.S. Central and Southern Plains. March hard red winter wheat futures 30 cents higher today, Chip 909. March SRW rallied 28 and three quarter cents to 786. March spring wheat closed at 930 and one quarter, up 13 cents. All right, here's how the new crop markets did this week. Uh, July SRW wheat up 27 and one quarter cents. July HRW up 24 and one half. And September spring wheat futures up just six and a half cents. Well, corn futures used spillover support from wheat futures to post solid gains. March corn futures posted back-to-back outside trading days, suggesting volatility is ramping up in the corn market as daily trading ranges expand. Rains continue to delay the bean harvest in northern production areas in Brazil, which delays the planting of the winter corn crop. The longer plantings are delayed, the more likely it is the crop will eventually be stressed by dry season conditions in Brazil. As with wheat, the uncertainty of supplies from the Black Sea, as the one-year anniversary of the Russian invasion draws closer, and the ongoing drought in Argentina also each provided support for corn prices. March corn futures nine and three quarters cents higher, six eighty and one half. May corn up nine and one quarter, six seventy eight and one quarter. July corn futures closed at six sixty six and a half, up seven and three quarters cents. <laughs> yeah, uh, and boy, we needed a strong finish to the week because March corn ended the week just three cents higher than last Friday, and December corn was dead steady with last Friday's corn close. Well, Russia's threats to cut crude oil production helped front-month crude oil futures climb back up to 80 bucks a barrel, providing support for soybean oil as well. Early strength in bean oil prices against weakness in meal futures limited strength in bean prices. After mid-morning, meal prices joined the rally, taking the cap off the advance in bean futures. March soybean futures opened slightly lower and near session lows, then rallied to post the highest close since June 10. Wow. March beans have a pattern of higher lows and higher highs that dates back to early October chip. March beans need to trade through resistance at 1548 and one half to keep the pattern in place. March soybean meal also posted a new contract high and a new contract high close. March beans 23 and one quarter cents higher, 1542 and a half. May beans up 21 and three quarters, 1533 and a half. July beans closed at 1522 and a half, up 19 and three quarters cents, Chip. March beans on the week up 10 and one half cents. November soybeans up nine cents. March bean oil up 148 points. And March soybean meal up $2.90. March cotton futures spent the last three days of the week inside of Tuesday's trading range. 
with prices still locked in a sideways trading range that dates back to early November. Mm-hmm. March cotton was down at 23 points, 85.27, Chip. Yeah, down just 29 points on the week as well in the December in the new crop contract, which closed at 84.86. Well, April live cattle futures have traded on both sides of 164 in six consecutive sessions and today posted an inside trading day with the low range open at a high range close. Strengthen the cash cattle market based on consistent beef demand and tightening supplies of market ready cattle will be the focus of the market again next week. April cattle 32 and a half cents higher, 163.95. March feeders were pressured by gains in corn and closed 42 and one half cents lower, 186.40. Snout side quickly. April lean hog futures opened higher and on session highs fell back to trade lower before erasing losses. Yeah. April hogs posted an inside trading day with a mid range close. April hogs were steady at 83.32 and a half. June steady 101.65. All right. April live cattle on the week. A lot of movement and ended the week just 17 and a half cents lower than last Friday. March feeder cattle up 30 cents. And you know what? The big mover on the week to the upside or the downside, April Lean Hogs down $3.15. All right. That's a summary of what happened this week. Let's get on to what's coming up. We've got Bill Biederman, agmarket.net, coming up next. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. Knowledge is power. We're here to charge your batteries. Agritalk. Davis, I am very yes. much looking forward to this conversation. We're going to take a look back at history. We're going to take a look forward and what it might mean for marketing plans. We're going to mm-hmm. talk to a guy that um, that I've known for, a, a, I'll say it, a very long time in the business. It's Bill Biederman from agmarket.net. Bill, it's good to talk with you again. How are you? I'm doing great. It's good to talk to you guys. Uh, looking forward to today's conversation. Excellent. Excellent. So you've been out and about? We just finished our national conference, which I got to say was really tremendous. I mean, everybody had a great time in Nashville. I think you got to be kind of kind of crazy to not uh, <laughs> have fun in Nashville. And uh, But the content of the meeting was, was exceptional. And we walked away with a lot of ideas and, you know, really realizing that we, we could be at a really pinnacle direction point in this market. And uh, time, will, time will help us know which direction that is, but we don't think it's going to take too long. 
Okay, so what makes you say that, Bill? What did you hear from everybody that was there, from farmers that uh, that make you think that we're at an important point? Yeah, so, you know, from a macro standpoint, David Hightower was a fantastic okay. presenter, as everybody knows. And and then, you know, we had guys that trade freight and barge and cash uh, presenting, as well as Matt Bennett's uh, Jim McCormick, Brian Split, all the all the guys from yeah. from uh, AgMarket.net. But here, here, let me give you the gist of it. We're still in an environment where where we're consuming uh, more than we're producing. Corn consumption in the world is 791, production 783. So it's close, but we're still yep. per- consuming more. Beans uh, were were oh that was wheat. I'm sorry. Corn we're consuming 1162, producing 1151. And and beans are the only ones that are more balanced. We actually consume 376 versus 383. Per, so we're still consuming in the in the feed grains and starched more than we're producing, and that continues to tighten things up and create this bullish situation that we're in. All of that, though, it was the consensus that all of that has been baked into the price, and that's okay. why we're right where we are. The big question the market's trying to figure out is, will South America start a production cycle where we see increases in supply followed by a good production cycle in the U.S.? And if that's the case, then we will be producing enough and stocks will stabilize. And in that case, you can go back and look at history, and history will tell you that we will probably start a downtrend. Um, let me let me point this out. This is kind of cool. In seventy three, seventy four, okay, when you and I first got going into this, Russia came in and imported grain. That was followed by a hundred and forty two percent increase in corn price. Remember that number, follow which caused inflation which eventually caused fiscal re- uh, reversal in policy to control inflation, which caused what I would call an agricultural depression, but it was, as you and I both know, the yep. 80s were terrible, right? Yep. Okay, fast forward to now. In 2021, China bought, just like Russia bought. Corn prices rallied 158%, pretty close to 142 followed by an inflation, followed by an anti-inflation or deflationary fiscal policy, Boy, there's a lot of similarities there. Yeah. And so if you look at that, you and I go, well, shoot, the only thing we did wrong in the 80s was we were so worried about surviving. We didn't buy a lot of farmland. Right. So, you know, I feel like guys like you and me could really maybe help the younger generation to be focused on what could happen here mm-hmm. and manage yourself so that you could take advantage of what might happen. I don't think it will happen near to the did when you and I were younger. But, right. you know, right. A, Deflationary policy is a deflationary policy, period. Yep. So, yeah. You know, that's one just of the one reasons. Thing. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead with the second thing. Oh, no. I mean, there's there's, okay. there's other things. There's like the 90, 1994 rally, you know, okay. fo- followed by, you know, a huge 37 bushel increase the following year, and, you know, markets fell off. There's the 2000. Uh, 12 rally that lasted three years followed by a sell-off. There's a, several examples that, you know, bull, bull markets three years old get kind of old in the teeth. That's right. That's right. And especially with a market that has found a way to somehow hang near the, as close to the highs as this corn market and, and this bean market. I mean, here we are, the highest close. What did Davis say? The highest close in, in, uh, uh, bean futures since like 
October. No, since June. The highest close today in March beans. That's a kind of a remarkable story. And the way that that market has been grinding higher is is uh, also pretty remarkable. Uh, one, I, I want to add rice to your list of crops where the consumption is greater than production. And I want to talk a little bit about why that matters. And it's it's be, it's because of the competition for acres, isn't it, Bill? Well, it, it's a it's it's a lot of things, right? I mean, right now we've got a world that is it is eating better and eating more, right? Mm-hmm. It's a combination of we. I mean, our starch markets are so goofed up that we're we're feeding food grade wheat to cattle in some yeah. parts of the country, right? Yeah. I mean, the whole the whole starch market, if you're a procurement officer, is, you know, you're losing hair quick. But all of this can change really fast in the next, you know, 12 to 14 months. And that's what I think when you look at how tight things are, I think there's only been four times, you probably know better than I do, I think there's only been four times going back to 1950 that corn stocks and to use ratios have been this tight. And if we go into a year, let's just say we have 91 million acres and they're talking 178 bushel yield. They're all talking over 2 billion bushels. And all of a sudden we go to a standard deviation yield of 168 bushels. And now you're down to what an uh oh environment, right? Yeah. Okay. So if we do that, two things happen, right? First of all, the whole price formula changes because the stocks to use ratio is not increasing or stabilizing. So all of this demand that was out there moves forward, right? The second thing that happens because we're in such a tight situation just worldwide in all starched grains that you have to move your elasticity factor over a smidge, which means the rally that could respond would be faster and harder and longer to get the same rationing drop than you would normally. Okay, so people are are sitting out there listening to this going, holy cow, if this thing turns bullish, it's going to rip my head off on sales. You're right. So you better make sure you've got a marketing plan that responds to an to a market that goes up. But yes. here's the situation. If we end up with a normal environment, and I'm sure you and probably everybody else that you talk to are talking possibly two, maybe more than two billion bushel carryover. I'd say one eight almost, plus. Okay, one eight. All right. So that's a pretty big increase from pipeline supply of one two. Yep. And that yep. would cause every procurement guy I know put his hands in his pockets, say, why for going on vacation? This coming year is going to be a breeze. I'm not buying anything until I need it. The market would sell off, and all the farmers who didn't sell, like I did in 1989, and every morning I'd wake up going, it's going to rally. Last year's stocks were tight, and it didn't rally. Yep. And you follow that market all the way down. It would be devastating. So here's what most of what we did at the conference, most of the formulas we ran for people, about a little over 50% of your crop for the coming year, if you just use options and put in a floor somehow or make some sales and buy calls, but people don't want to get committed to delivery, and I agree, if you lock in a floor on roughly 52% of your production, all your farm, no matter how low we go, is profitable because you got that fixed, plus you got some insurance kicking in on the downside, everything works. You don't have to worry. If the market goes up, it's an option. Who cares? I'd like to lose money on an option. I can sell my grain at a higher price. 
So you could go through the entire next year production year without stress or financial risk if you just do the math, figure out what percentage it takes for your farm to make that work. It's not hard to do. And you could just sit back and see what happens. Because I think the tipping point is, I'm guessing, before the March acres report. Okay. Okay. Um, the timing on this, is this something that you initiate now? Is it something that you wait for the spring price to be established? Is it something that you wait for planting season to get off to a timely start? Or is this something that you think, listen, just do it? <laughs> Great question. I'm so glad you asked that because when we call farmers and say, you know, run the numbers and ask, okay, should we do this? It's usually – uh, yeah, I think the market's going to rally a little bit. Okay, so if you really quantify what that means, let's just say you're right, and the corn market rallies 20 cents, and you can buy your options three cents cheaper. It, we're, that's, it doesn't even matter. It, yeah. it, I mean, you're talking maybe a $4 difference in your, in your, in your per acre return. Right. It doesn't mean anything. So why right. not just get it on? Okay. But, All I right. mean, you know. Yep. Hey, you know what? We're coming up against the break, Bill. So save your you-know thoughts, and we will continue the conversation. I love it. Uh, Bill Biederman, agmarket.net. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. Time now for news of note from Pro Farmer. The U.S. Trade Representative's new chief ag trade negotiator told Reuters he's given Mexico until February 14 to respond to a U.S. request to explain the science behind its planned bans on GMO corn and glyphosate herbicide. Russia says it plans to cut its oil production by around 500,000 barrels per day in response to Western sanctions. That's next month. That's about 5% of its usual output. Russia's ambassador to the United Nations said on Friday the country has not been able to export any grain as part of the Black Sea grain deal. China's consumer price index rose 2.1% annually in January, up from 1.8% in December, and the highest in three months as food inflation in China accelerated. News of note is taken from the pages of Pro Farmer. Get more at tryprofarmer.com. Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. The chickens have come home to roost. 
find out whose fence they're perched on today on Agritalk. All my reasons now she's gone. Welcome back to Agritalk. I'm Chip. Glad you're with us. Uh, we are in the middle of a conversation with Bill Biederman from agmarket.net. Before we get back to Bill, Davis, if you would, go ahead and recap the uh, the, the closes in the markets today. Chip, March HRW wheat futures, 30 cents higher, 909. Man. March softwood wheat rallied 28 cents uh, and three quarters to 786. March corn futures were nine and three quarters cents higher, 680 and one half. May corn up nine and one quarter, six seventy eight and one quarter. July closed at six sixty six and a half, up seven and three quarter cents. March beans twenty three and one quarter cents higher, fifteen forty two and a half. July beans closed at fifteen twenty two and one half, up nineteen and three quarter cents. March cotton down twenty three points, eighty five twenty seven. On the livestock side, April fat cattle thirty two and one half cents higher, one sixty three ninety five. March feeders, uh, 42 and one half cents lower. That's 42 and one half cents lower. 186.40 and April hogs unchanged, 83.32 and a half. That's your quick market recap. Now back to you, Chip. All right. Thank you very much, Davis. <laughs> Bill Biederman, agmarket.net is our guest analyst today. Uh, hey, Bill, I want to go back and look at the, the conversation that we had in that last segment. But first, what is a day like today? tell you about the markets when all of a sudden a 30 cent rally in wheat comes out of nowhere i i think that that tells you how you know i vision that we're walking right down the peak trail of a mountain and if anything causes a supply disruption it it's not a it's not a little step you're going to take off one side or the other. It's going to be big. And if you're a procurement officer, you know the risk of how bad your P&L could drop if this thing takes you're not covered, let alone your own financial impact of losing your job. So yeah, yeah. I, I, think that, I think that we are so close to stepping off the, a, a cliff if you're a risk you know, procurement officer of, of any kind of supply problem. You know, you just jump in and you get it covered yeah, as much yeah. as you can. But on the other hand, if it looks, you know, and today we had a lot of things. We had political news, which you guys talked about. We had the Moldavia situation. We had the Ukrainian situation with Russia getting more aggressive. And then, you know, on top of that, there was some weather that was taken out of South America. We had a lot of things that were supply and demand bullish happened today in the news and you saw the reaction. And on the other hand, if we come in next week and they're going, oh, man, we're getting rain. And, oh, holy yeah. cow, you know, uh, Putin got locked up or something. You know, I mean, yeah. it would just be down. Yeah, exactly. Okay. All right. So it, it tells you to watch your step in here is what days like today tell us. Um, no you know, while I was on, while you were doing your thing there, I was just running some more numbers on P&Ls on, on one of the farms that I, I work with. And it's just. To me, I just keep playing with these numbers. I'm going, why don't I just lock this in? I'm making two to $300 an acre profit over my land cost that I kind of got tacked up a little bit here. And I know I'm profitable for the whole farm. And yet, if the market goes up 
my income will still respond with the market, not one for one. Yeah. But my per acre revenue on this particular farm, which has a low yield because it's up north, goes from $1,061 an acre, which he's got a cost of 724 bucks because, again, this is North Dakota. And if the market rallies, I can be making $1,236 an acre if yeah. the market goes up. If the market goes down, the whole farm is protected at a profit. Yeah. So that you know, why not lock beat. in 300 bucks? Yeah, it, it it sounds too good to be true, right? And I think that's why you know we've all been in situations where somebody said, "Oh, if you do this, you're gonna like here buy this annuity, and when you get old, uh, it'll pay off." And then when you get old, you realize that company went broke, and they aren't gonna pay off, right? Right. There's always something that can go wrong with it, but this this is different. This is well, this is regulated, and you're in charge of it. Yep. And and you know there are only so many opportunities to take advantage of a a market with prices like we've got right now. Now I'm not saying that, that the corn market is going to be at four and a half dollars or $4 or whatever. Again, by the end of this year, I'm not saying that I'm not saying that it's going to be here at six or seven bucks either. I'm not saying it's going to be at nine. I'm not saying any of that. All I know is that the market has traded at, and historically high level for a long period of time. And it's providing opportunities that are rarely provided. Um, I, You got me thinking about that 89 market coming off the 88 drought. And then I think you got to throw the 09 market off the, eight, the, the 08 market, the 13 yep. market after the 12 drought. Those yep. markets, uh, Bill, they just kind of lulled everybody to sleep. And before they knew it, guys were waking up and saying, wait a second, corn's 70 cents lower, beans are $2 lower. What the heck happened before they get that's, before they that, get anything a, significant done on the new crop? Yeah, that is exactly that. That happened to me after 88's drought, you know, and and. You know, even in 84, after pick and roll, we had such yeah. tight stock. I'm like, oh, man, 84 will be a cinch. Well, it wasn't, you know. I mean, bull markets end. And when you see demand destruction, that's the first sign that you better be watching it. Because if there's a, a, a supply recovery the following year after you've had demand reduction, what do they always say? You know, it's a long tail. you got to buy that demand back. And, yeah. you know, remember after the, uh, was it the 81 embargo? It, it took, I think, three years to get that demand back it can take a long time and i'm not i'm just like you i'm like hey i'm not saying that you know corn's going to 25 dollars a bushel and i'm not saying it's going to go to negative five you know (laughs) that's not what i'm saying i'm saying it's going to move one way or the other but right now the the bird in our hand Mm -hmm. is probably about 250 to 350 dollar profit that we could lock in on the farm bird in the hand and if the bird flies, we're still going with it. And you're right. I just looked up the highest price for July beans is right now. Second highest was in 2012 for this time of year. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, we don't amazing. get this opportunity. Yeah. It is. Yeah. And so, and usually markets will peak out before the March 30th report, at least yep. for one season. And then I'll we have the this. summer rally. I'll tell you this, Bill, there have been, I, I don't know what the ratio is, but I'll bet it, I'll bet it approaches 20 to one 
where 20 times you're 20 times more likely to have an opportunity to lock in a loss at this time of the year for the year ahead than you do have an opportunity to lock in a profit. So that's well, that, how rare this is. Yeah, that's right. And I yeah. and I think your audience needs to know that neither of us are saying, you know, this is the high of the market. You got to sell right. it. We're not right. talking about speculating here. We're talking about purely managing profitability See, of your farm. That's it. Okay. So you're flashing me back to 1995, 96, 95. The crop stunk. Uh, it was. It was Labor Day weekend that, that hit it. 90 degrees, 30-mile-an-hour wind. You might as well have put a frost on it because it killed the crop from North Dakota to Missouri. Uh, Indiana to Nebraska just killed it. And the, 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 the realization came really late. Well, it carried over into the spring of 96 when we had planting delays in the eastern Corn Belt. And that market ran up, ran up into the spring of 96. And as soon as ADM and Decatur said, you know what? You know what? We're going to move corn supplies from our ethanol plant out to the feed yards out west. And, um, and, and we're reallocating it. It was that realization, that redistribution that, that, that put in the high. And I sold it all the way up, or I recommended sales all the way up on that bill. And then the, uh, the the story written in Top Producer Magazine, it was before we were all under the same umbrella, the story in Top Producer Magazine, and I felt like we did a great job of selling it on the way up. Uh, the story was left in the dust <laughs> for the grain marketers because we didn't wait for the high before we started selling. Yeah, well, I, I can I, guarantee you this, just – you know, doing this for 44 years now, yeah. if you wait uh, and and are left in the dust, you, you will be left in the dust because yeah. when it's going down, you can't sell it fast enough. Right. You just can't. And mentally you can't. And you have that deer in the headlight. And, and I think what guys like you and I have learned, especially with the options and how we've been become more sophisticated in using them, if we use them and lock in floors, we still participate in the upside. Yep. But we've eliminated the deer in the headlight because we're no longer looking at the price of the market going up and down. We're just looking at the profitability of the of the P and L sheet, and the P and L sheet removes emotion and it says, "Okay, I got a profit." Period. If the market goes up, instead of making two hundred and eighty bucks an acre, I can make four hundred dollars an acre. I don't. The daily daily ups and down of the market, my neighbor can worry about that. I'm looking at my I'm looking at my P and L. Well. And your mental health, um, yeah. you know, honestly, it, yeah. it, uh, it, it makes it a whole lot easier. It puts a smile on your face if you know that you're putting seed in the ground and you've locked in a profit on what that, that the crop that that's going to turn into. It's a whole lot yeah. easier to smile, so, man. So here's a good mental health check. If you're sitting at your kitchen table and your wife is talking and telling you all about the great thing that she did today with all the kids and everything, and you're seeing her mouth moving, but your ears are listening to the radio show of yep. Agri Talk in the background, and you really don't hear what she's saying, you're yep. stressed. You're stressed. That's the litmus test. Yep, that's good stuff. Good stuff, Bill. Hey, thank you so much for your time, man. Uh, we'll do it again soon, all right? Okay, thanks, Chip. All right, Bill Biederman, agmarket.net. Wow, trip down memory lane on a couple of those. Thanks, Bill. 
Willowwood Glypho 6 as low as $28.97 a gallon tote price when you pay cash and build a maximum qualifying FBN acre pack at FBN.com slash direct. Ends February 28th. Prices subject to change. TNC apply. Welcome back to AgriTalk, everybody. Your pal, Davis Michelson here. Great talk with Bill Biederman and Chip Flory. Don't predict price. Protect it. Say that again. Don't predict price. Protect it. Does that sound familiar, Chip? It certainly does. Uh It certainly does. Let's not talk Uh, about that just yet. Okay. The old bait and switch there. Just in case people were like, nah, Davis is going to talk about stupid fertilizer. I'm going to turn. Wait a second. It's Chip. (laughs) <laughs> I got him now. Got him now. Uh, I just posted something on uh, profarmer.com. Shameless plug, everybody. Um, but seriously, we, we've we seen a dip in fertilizer prices. All right. Since mm-hmm. since the last report, anhydrous is 47.22 lower. Now at 122, uh, 12.27.50, uh, urea down 35 bucks. 28% is down 17 bucks. 32% down just $6.75. But the nitrogen complex is lower this week. I think it's pretty risky. When Bill was talking about you, you got to just keep an eye on your P&L, you know, because otherwise you're just hoping for higher prices. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've preached against, oh, yeah, but it's been going higher. It'll go another nickel. I'll wait for another nickel, and then I'll sell. Well, then you get right. four cents, and it drops back, and now you, you've just lost 15 cents. You know what yep. I mean? Yep. I don't want us to get into the same position here with fertilizers because right. um, I'm having a little bit of trouble finding a definitive reason. There are a series of factors for for nitrogen to be lower right now, other than it being the off season, other than, you know, farmers. And this is the thing that I'm cautioning against farmers, perhaps holding out. Yeah. Think, you know, looking at um, the bids that they've got there thinking, the, ah, yeah, it's got to go lower. It's got to go lower. Think a little more globally on that when you say it's the off season. Mm-hmm. There's big demand in Brazil for nitrogen right about now. So you'd say that's a strike against further pressure on fertilizer prices. Well, I, I'm just saying that there is demand mm-hmm. around the world mm-hmm. and specifically in South America for nitrogen over the next 45, 60 days. Yeah. Well, and here's my deal. All that aside, if we look at it from a purely technical standpoint, anhydrous, UAN, urea, I've calculated the three-year averages on all of these, all right? Every single freaking one of them since January 1, the three-year average is higher. So with this dip in fertilizer prices, we are moving against the trend. Anhydrous was higher since January 1 starting last year. It didn't, you know continued through the entire year but it wasn't until august that we saw prices really really fall okay this is a would you call it a counter seasonal move yeah yeah in nitrogen prices if if you're if you're the farmer who's thinking geez if it goes lower i'll I'll get some it's going lower Hmm. and chip you're right there is global demand in the market right now um, but pretty soon it's going to be U.S. demand, which is right yeah. in our faces, which is um, definitely yeah, it's something. different than South American demand. You're right. Absolutely. It, it, and it's definitely something to sort of keep in mind. Prices sort of out of whack-ish, especially when we look at um, UAN. 
Uh, between anhydrous and urea, by the pound of N, they are at the correct margin. They're where they ought to be. They're in line. Compared uh, to anhydrous? Uh, yes. Yeah. Anhydrous and urea are priced appropriately relative okay. to each other. UAN 28% is horribly, horribly overpriced oh. compared to those two. 32% is a little bit overpriced. N- really nothing that I would even think about. But as an analyst, I look at UAN 28%'s premium to the rest of the nitrogen complex, and I'm thinking to myself, do I expect 28% to fall, or do I expect anhydrous and urea yeah. to firm? What does 28% know that that NH3 and urea don't? Right, right. And I can't it, tell you that answer. I don't know the answer to that. I don't know the answer to but that it's either. it's a little but, sketchy. It's a little I'm, sketchy, I'm, bro. I would bank on 28 pulling back to mm-hmm. line up with anhydrous and, and urea. It's possible. Absolutely. And, yeah. you know, I think actually probably what will wind up happening is we see them meet somewhere in the middle sure. as NH3 catches a bid from spring demand and begins to firm into just standard seasonal price strength, which we cool. see pretty much every year heading into spring. So okay. so there's that. If If you're waiting for lower prices on fertilizer, you've got them. Is this the bottom? I'm not going to say that, but like Bill said, we're not here looking for tops. We're here right. looking to we're here looking to get some sleep at night. We're here to to right. uh, to take the so, sting out of some variables, Chip. So, with that in mind, when you run that P and L, if it works out to you know, Bill was throwing throwing out 300 bucks a, an acre, and that is good enough for you, don't just book the corn for sale. Book the inputs for production. Yep. yep. Do it all. Yep. You know, it's it's the old corn crush. Don't do one without the other. Uh, we, and, and there are times that we've said, listen, if you're increasing bean acres based on the the uh, the pricing and the, the balance sheets right now, then do everything. Don't just switch acres. Make the sale. Get it all under control yep. here. Well, and on beans, too. Uh, Bill used the term rare opportunity. Mm-hmm. And again, he 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 was quick to point out. I'm not saying this is the top. I'm not saying we go lower from here. But if you look at what it is, just on its face, this is a rare opportunity that beans are presenting right now, too. It certainly is. Certainly is. Um, there's been, you know, I've been at this for 35 years, not quite as long as Bill, but been at it for 35 years, and there's been way, way, way more opportunities at this time of the year to lock in a loss than there is to lock in a profit mm-hmm. um, usually at this time of the year you're kind of sitting there and eh, it's about break even mm-hmm. really don't want to do too much at this point because it's break even make the market prove one direction or the other indeed but instead when you're looking at this this is a time to uh, uh, protect that profit is is what it feels like to me it, it mm-hmm. just yeah you know, you don't get that many opportunities to learn from historically high prices. But the lessons that we've learned from historically high prices is they don't stick around forever. And when they fade away, they tend to lull us all to sleep. And six months later, we're saying, what the heck just happened? So mm-hmm. don't let that happen. I got to go pick up it. my Chiefs uh, Speedo from the cleaners. Speaking of can't stick around, all right. I got to go. Well, I gotta good go. luck to you, buddy. Good luck Woo-hoo! to you. All right. Monday morning, Machinery Pete and Senator Chuck Grassley. Have a great weekend, everybody.